0: Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. Now, it's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Hidware USA, and I'm joined today by three other incredible folks. But before we get to them, uh, I just need to tell you that this awesome broadcast you guys are about to hear is brought to you today by... TechWeld USA, made in a world filled with worry regarding overseas products. They offer many USA-made products to help separate themselves from the promotional products pack. You know, look, uh, for, for this time of year, there's a couple of really great products that they've got uh, that I would highly recommend, like their full-color process lunch boxes. Hey, maybe you want to go out for a nice picnic. The weather's incredible outside. All right, so uh, they've got some incredible full color process lunch boxes. Whether uh, whether you're looking for a decal imprint or a full color imprint, TechWeld's full color capabilities on their lunch boxes def- uh, definitely set themselves uh, apart from the pack. Uh, visit them at TechWeld.com uh, to see their full color capabilities on their lunch boxes. And uh, look, while you're while you're out doing that picnic, maybe you uh, maybe need some some shades as well. You know, some sunglasses. Uh, did you guys know that TechWeld was actually the winner of the Distributor Choice Award for sunglasses? Uh, back in 2019, they won the Distributor Choice Award in that category, which is pretty awesome. Uh, they've got many SKUs and in F- in their uh FDA approved and offer UVA and UVB protection as well. So uh, be sure to go check them out at techwell.com. That's T-E-K-W-E-L-D.com. Uh, I promise you, you won't be sorry that you did. Great company to work with. Um, so why don't we say hi to Stephen McFadden? We'll kick it off to him first since Meg's in her closet.
1: What's up? i right. well. How are you
0: guys? Thrilling. <laughs> Jeff, doing how well? are you? I'm great. Thank you. Uh, thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Meg Erber, why don't we, why don't we say hello to you?
2: <sighs> so I feel like all of us are having issues today. I mean, Stephen, he's always having issues. Jeff <laughs> they had no internet. I have the power washers outside. I think Chris is the only one who showed up today. Completely prepared. (laughs) Don't don't jinx me. Don't jinx me. We're going to let him post. Flash things working. So here we are. Let's do this.
0: Chris was ready. That's for sure. I'll I'll give him that. So, look, we got a great topic coming to you today. But before we dive into that, Chris, it's it's customary around here for us to give our special guests a good three to four minutes to introduce yourself, how you got started in the promotional product industry, uh, and maybe what you've been up to since.
3: Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Chris Ruvo. I'm a digital news director with uh, ASI Media and Counselor Magazine. I've uh, been in the industry for um, a decade now, and uh, I've discovered it com- completely at random by chance. Um, I was a, a newspaper reporter covering crime in courts in the uh, Philadelphia area. I was working on Friday and Saturday nights, uh, going to shooting scenes and bank robberies and things like that, and, and um, uh, we started to have uh, a growing family. And I said, boy, I sure don't want to be out doing stuff like that on Friday and Saturday night anymore. So I started looking around for a different job. And um, ASI, as you guys might know, is in the Philadelphia area. Uh, they had an opening for a writer. I applied and been there for the last 10 years.
0: That may have been the quickest introduction we've had on the... Uh, <laughs> on the I
3: mean, I have so many more questions <laughs> about your past
0: job.
1: I, I, I know. I. know. topic.
2: Chris, you know I'm in a murder club with some of your friends. <laughs> I feel like you could be like, like it's a ladies who love murder club, and I feel like you could be one of our like guests to tell us about. That
0: Meg
3: was I charge I, char, I charge a speaking fee for that one? Oh wow!
2: Well. Yeah.
0: Meg, was your ring name Meg Murdererber?
3: Herber? No. <laughs> no,
0: it probably should be.
2: My ring name. Change it now. Yeah. Your not- ring name. It now, Megan Murder Herber. Okay, yeah, got it.
0: Meg Murder Herber. I want to see that come up. All okay. right, so Chris. Actually, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. I, I before I got in the industry, I actually I uh, did some ride-alongs with state troopers because I okay. was considering getting into criminal justice. Believe it or not. Oh, you were but, okay. Um, like the first time I went on a ride-along with a state trooper, we were in a high-speed chase and we went to a bank robbery, and I was like, Yeah, this like every freaking day. <laughs> it's
3: pretty. <laughs> was yeah, like, it's pretty. It's pretty intense. Pretty intense. I um. I had some fun experiences, uh, uh, well, fun, interesting experiences doing it, um, things like that, where I had pretty good relationships with um, certain officers, and I, I, they would give me tips to when certain buses were going to go down, things of that nature, and you'd get to show up on the scene and see. It was pretty cool. It was it was a lot of fun, but it cool. paid horrible, quite frankly, <laughs> and then the, the, hour, the hours were pretty rough, like if there's a something happens and you're due to get off at 11 o'clock at night and something happens at 10 58 you're working till one in the in the morning so mm. i was looking for a little bit more stability and found it
0: <laughs> i can imagine for sure so all right well the the topic that we're uh that we're going to talk about today is it's certainly uh something that's affecting everybody out there right now we're going to talk production and logistics and sort of what to plan for uh i think meg you coined the phrase uh, the shit storm that's coming in q4 no <laughs>
3: That's, that's the technical term that you know. everybody's using actually.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. But Chris, I know that you you've been publishing for uh, what seems like months now uh, about everything that's happening at the ports and the global uh, production chain, you know, the supply chain and logistics and all the nightmares that are basically accumulating into like one big giant perfect storm. So um, why don't you uh, maybe just give us a quick rundown and then we can dive into each thing individually.
3: Sure. So, um, you know, I th- I think as everybody's experienced, the biggest impact of this for for our industry is we're seeing inventory shortfalls and, and rising prices as a result of this um, supply chain disruption. And I, I I think if you have anything to do in the industry, you're just aware of that because it's affecting your your day to day business. But I think maybe there's a little bit of less understanding as as to why it's why it's happening. And uh, really, what it comes down to is the global supply chain is a total mess. It's it, by no means just the promotional products industry. It's everybody. When, when Walmart and Home Depot are having trouble importing, that means it's a problem for everybody. So um, so basically what it comes down to is that it's, as we all know, most of the products that are sold in North America are produced in, in Asian factories, primarily in China. And it's just taking a lot longer to um, get those products from the factories where they're made Um, to North America and then and then stocked and that's it in a nutshell I could go more into it if you want now or we could kind of take it take it as you as we go but there's a lot of reasons for that
0: sure yeah I know like from from sort of my perspective I'm seeing you know with everything slowing down because of COVID uh, you know a lot of a lot of you know job placement losses and things like that so um, with the labor shortage included in that, you know, then things start to come back around, and then we're all trying to, you know, place all these orders. Demand shoots through the roof. You know, I think mm-hmm. upwards of forty percent, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and you know, so you've got, you know, maybe half of the capacity to produce, and then a forty percent increase on demand. It's just a nightmare. And honestly, yeah. because of uh, the labor shortage and, and job misplacement, like we're still struggling to get people back to these jobs that we need filled in order to catch up with the demand. And it's just something that's going to continue to sort of uh, snowball, if you will, uh, for the next several months, if not quarters.
3: Yeah, you, you gave it. That was a good quick history of it. Um, COVID, when COVID, when the shutdowns happened, right, last um, you know, April, May, um, importing just dropped off. Every, everybody, everywhere just stopped ordering things. And then suddenly it started to bounce back later 2020, much faster uh, than everybody anticipated. And um, the supply chain just wasn't able to, to, to catch up to it. So um, two of the biggest consequences of that, right? Is that there's just not enough available shipping containers uh, to go around. And then the cargo space capacity on ships um, are, are, is limited. And both of those things are coming at a premium that's, that's astronomical the cost of containers have, have gone up dramatically. Suppliers in our industry are, are, trying to, are trying to shoulder that, but even if they're willing to pay these astronomically exorbitant prices, um, I'll give you a quick stat. I think uh, one supplier told me that last year, he was paying like $3,100 to, for, a, for a container to get from um, China to LA. Now he's paying, see if I get it right here. Uh, yeah, yeah, 10 to 12,000. And um, just read today in sourcing journal that that you're looking at potentially fifteen to twenty for certain containers. So hey,
1: it's hey, Chris, did it's, you, it's, you it's, see what uh, Nike uh, did? I think it was earlier this week. They um, they've offered fifteen thousand a container. Um, right. So it's I'm sure you know you're going to start to see the the people flex that have that have the money and and I think you know you guys have touched on this and it's something I didn't dawn on I me. Mean, most of the suppliers in the industry are inventory companies yeah yes there's some value in the production and the customer service but if they don't have inventory they can't sell anything right so that's what makes this so dangerous it's you know it's like if you can't get stuff you can't sell it
3: yeah Yeah. um and i I think that's that's a big fear for just for distributors right is that and and we're hearing this from distributors is that is that oh my gosh events are coming back my clients who've been dormant for a year are suddenly like i need this i need that and they're telling them well uh, we're not we're not sure and they're worried about they're worried about those further shortfalls down the line um steven to your point i saw something at home depot the other day they basically like, bought a ship did, did you yeah. guys see this like, they, like, yeah. like i don't think they bought it. i think they contracted it but still it was like they were like okay we just want a ship you're going to go back and forth for home depot back and forth because that's how insane it's gotten to try to get space on cargo ships and to get containers
0: yeah you yep. know sort of looking at the the future of this thing as well the scary part about this kind of inflation is that you know is the price ever going to go back down to where it was and i would i'd beg to say no because if people were paying it why would they you know what i mean um, I, I heard somebody talk about sort of the lumber shortage and the mills that are churning out the, the lumber. You know, I don't think that the lumber prices are ever really going to go back down to the where, where they were, you know, pre-COVID and all this stuff either, because people are paying for it. Why why would they? I mean, eventually at some point you're going to meet that sort of uh, that teeter-totter, you know, where you're, you're going to have to, you know, track it back a little bit because people probably won't continue to pay for it. But I don't think it'll ever go back to pre-COVID prices. And that's that's the real scary part about all this.
2: I think it's people follow the trends of the, um inflate, what, oh my gosh, I just had it. Uh, when you buy a house, the interest rate, the interest rates are down. It's because they're broke. They can't, once they start going up, like what's gonna happen? I mean, honestly, I mean, you see, you, that's why we wanted you here, Chris, you're the expert. You kind of see it all, you're doing this research. Uh, You know, it trickles down because we all grab this information from you and try to, you know, regurgitate it to our customers who then want to regurgitate to their customers. Mm -hmm. But it's unless you can actually see pictures of these containers or actually see this with your own eyes, it's almost hard to believe. Do you have any any advice that we should be something like as easy as a fifth grader can understand? Is there anything that you would would give to us to give to the end users at the end of the day?
3: Um, yeah, for sure. For um, and we, we've been harping on it lately. And I, I think good distributors are already doing this is to is to work with with both your clients and suppliers now um, to get out as far ahead of possible as possible on Q4, because we know that that's that the holiday season is, is so big for our industry when it comes to, to gifting and everything. And um, Surprise, surprise! Q4 is big for everybody, including retailers. So every the 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 demand on shipping and trying to get products here is going to intensify even more than um, it's it's already been. And um, you never you're one COVID outbreak in China away from things getting even more snarled. Uh, to, to give you an example, there's a, I, I'm going to mangle the pronunciation, but it's a, it's a port in southern China. It's like Yunqian, and I'm, I'm not saying it right, but about a quarter of the exports that come out of China go, go through that port. There was, by, by our standards, a, a, a relatively small COVID outbreak in that area, but, they, but the authorities there came in, they shut things down. It's, it's gummed up the works at that port for almost a month and they're now expecting that it could be another month before they're back up to full speed. So all it takes is one one little outbreak like that to further you know, grind the gears and everything. So it, you want to, as a distributor now, get, a, get as far out ahead at, on ordering and trying to get those orders even in. It may sound silly, like it's July, like oh, you're, you're ordering for December now. No, do it, because especially if you want custom products, number one, and then number two, Um, You want to make, if you do it now, there's a better chance that your, your client's going to get those first choice products and then supplier and distributor can be happy and most importantly, client. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So um, just real quick from the chat, Manny says hi from Puerto Rico and- uh, and then Mandy Rudd, our good friend Mandy Rudd, uh, she chimed in and said that's a really good point. We uh, we know things will level out eventually, but once a company, promo retail or otherwise, raises prices, that becomes the new norm and will acclimate. She said we saw that with tariffs, and they became begrudgingly the the new norm. Um, so, and, and she also uh, just chimed in to talk about holiday gifting to our clients now. So yeah, like you said, the good distributors are already starting to do that because they see the issues that we're facing, and ha- you know can foreshadow that this isn't something that's going to go away yesterday. You know, it's 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 going to continue to to come down that pipeline
3: I'll, uh, I'll say this if i could i'll just jump in on the um i, I do not think it, you know and you could make fun of me a year from now if i'm wrong or whatever but i do not yeah. think containers are going to stay at the level they're at i just i don't think that that's sustainable and um you know maybe in the short term over the next couple of years it's going to remain elevated but i i, I do think that if they if they're charging thirty one hundred a year ago, and they're up to fifteen thousand now, or whatever it might be, that opens a huge gap for disruption to take place, for somebody to come in and say, "I can do this better, faster, cheaper." Now, I know that's that's an industry that's pretty cost prohibitive to get in, and there's a lot so I'm not saying that like, you could just start it up, but I don't think that they'll remain. I do think they'll remain up. I'll say that. I I, I do I do not think they're going to remain fifteen thousand a container. I I hope. <laughs>
1: Well, Chris, yeah, I, think, uh, I think part of part of the reason why they are so high, and and I think we've we've kind of talked about it briefly, but it is more of the supply and demand, and and most of the the issues that we're seeing with the the shortage of these isn't mean that they don't exist. It means that they just can't get them back into circulation. A lot a lot of them are just stuck on boats and can't get offloaded, or they're stuck anchored, or so it's like once the inventory comes back, if you know, if they see all that excess inventory finally starting to balance out and that's, that could take a long time, but, but eventually, like you said, the supply of them will go up. So the cost of them should drop some, um, hopefully. <laughs> so,
3: now, yeah. now, now, to that point, one thing is that because, you know, good logistics, people are aware of what's going on. They're trying to f- front load their inventory ordering. So if I, if I, instead of ordering for the next some odd months, Hey, they're, and this is across industries, not just ours, you know, um, they're trying to order far out. So eventually, if they get that inventory here, and, and not everything is immediately gobbled, they're going to have inventory in place. So the, the, the demand should start to, to come down a little and right. at that point. You would hope prices start to come down because they're going to start wanting the shipping companies are going to want to fill containers again.
0: Sure, And we saw that with air freight, uh, you know, over the last year as well. You know, air freight shot through the roof because obviously a lot of these freight companies use a lot of commercial airliners to, you know, put their cargo on. And uh, so when all the commercial airliners stopped, they lost 60% of their capacity to be able to bring stuff in by plane. So uh, with the increase in demand, because, you know, ships uh, are taking longer or whatever, and air freight increases. And, you know, so the demand minus the, uh, the capacity, you know, the prices of air freight shot through the roof as well. I mean, that did come back down but it's still nowhere near where it was pre-covid so uh, again to your point i think it, it will come back down it's not going to stay at fifteen thousand dollars a container for sure but uh, i don't think you'll ever see it at maybe three thousand again or whatever the price was you know pre-covid so well 12,
1: it was at like 1200 if i'm not mistaken back in like late 2018 i was <laughs> like it was it's crazy so.
3: yeah. that's astonishing to think about like I, I don't know what that percentage increase is but it's you know many 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 times over <laughs> Yeah.
1: It's it's pretty insane. Twelve hundred percent
3: or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you That's know, just shoulder right. that, figure that into your costs. You know, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, right. <laughs>
2: That's why that pencil now costs four dollars versus twenty five cents? But um, I don't know if you guys saw it. I was doing some research on the labor shortages, and it <laughs> freaked me out. Like one of the third articles that came across was from American Airlines. You were just talking about the airlines, and they are canceling like somewhere upwards like fifty percent or seventy percent of their flights. I'm flying out next Tuesday to go to Maine. through American Airlines.
3: Ugh. No, you're not, Meg. No, I, you're not.
2: No, not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking driving, to somebody. Beat us there. <laughs> I was just talking to a client. I think it was yesterday, actually. And he said that uh, he was in Texas over the weekend and he was flying back. And he was lucky to get out because they canceled like 300 flights or yeah. something like that. And he luckily wasn't one of them. But I mean, can you imagine that?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Crazy. Mm. It's
3: astounding. Yeah. And those... Those labor shortages, and we should—I think people are aware of it—but we'll, 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 we can spell it out. What does that mean for for our industry, right? It, 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 mm-hmm. It's it's hurting suppliers because if if you can't get enough people into the to the to the warehouse to pack and do fulfillment and et cetera, it's going to take longer to get to get orders out the door. If the screen printer can't hire enough um, folks to work the press, it's going to take longer to get those those um, shirts printed. Um, you know the the related issue then is you're desperate to get people in so what do you do you you have to pay more to to, to attract people so that contributes to these it's this big big circle of nastiness that keeps that keeps going around basically
0: 100 percent. so <clears throat> steven i know you got a little uh, a little piece of paper there that shows the uh the, the which link, which one? I've got
1: a lot You've of been holding in. them,
2: waiting <laughs> to hold them up for like
0: the, con- the containers <laughs> coming into like Port of California. So, I was going to say, you know, okay, well, yeah, that begs the question this- okay, if there's so much congestion at the port in LA or wherever, why don't we just bring the containers into a different port? Well, it's not just LA, it's also China. And I think Chris, you had mentioned that as well. There's you know, the, the containers are you know, taking two to three weeks longer, I believe, in China before they can even start the trek across the, the Pacific. Um, you know, and then if you bring them into, let's say the East coast or something, uh, you know, then you've got an additional two to three weeks on the water that way. So it's, it's kind of a wash anyways, you know, there's just nothing you can do to get around it.
3: Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a great point because, um, uh, I had one supplier told me that, you know, it used to be, let me see, I, I think I have it written down here somewhere, you know, that it, it used to be at 14 to 17 days on, on the water for him to get something to, to, to L.A., that's like more than doubled. New York now it's like 45 to, to 60 days and and, and and that's potentially even even rising. So and and, and it's, it's true what you say Jeff because it's not just delays here it's it, the delays in even if the factory makes it over in China it's harder for them to transport it by rail and, and, and truck cuz they're experiencing shortages there too to the port to then and then to, to then even get it on the ship, you know. And that's if you can secure the space on the ship. So it's just it's just a mess.
2: I think I also read a story where I, someone had, I forget what it was, what they had bought, but it was like, maybe it was lumber or something for their deck. I don't remember what it was. And and it was supposed to be in, in January and it got, kept getting pushed back. He kept getting um, emails saying, oh, he's got bumped, got bumped. Six months later, he finally received. And then instead of getting it in like one, it was supposed to get him like every week or whatever. and ended up getting like eight containers at once. So yeah.
3: uh,
2: it's insane.
3: Yeah. And, like and I, I think you're just... <laughs> well
1: i've got a little chart here that shows some kind of the rates if that's the one you were talking about and this actually shows that the 40 foot container rate march of 2020 the average price is twelve hundred dollars and uh as of and just even you can see the increase now february of this year was about forty forty four hundred dollars so now you're seeing the ten to twelve thousand so just for comparison's sake and this just shows you as well like this isn't just a US issue either. Like there's, there's stuff happening all over the globe um, as far as the, the increase in the, the charts and the rates, so.
3: Yeah. That, that's, a, that's like a fantastic point because we, um, we, we cover uh, to a degree um, some of what's going on in the European promo market too. So we'll talk to um, some of the leaders over there uh, in the UK and in Germany and France and we've written some articles on that and, and there's and it's just as bad. And and, yeah. and quite and quite frankly, they don't like even though we're competing with them, like they're even paying more because in the US our, our spending power on the whole is, is greater. So they're they're having to to spend even even more to get to get stuff over. So it's relative to what they were spending, I should say, you
1: know. And you combine that all with you know looking at the looking at different graphs and stuff from to 2019, like Q1 to Q1 of 2020, there's been a 49% import activity increase. So it's like, you can see not only are they more expensive, the demands, you know, there's so much more coming in. They're sitting longer. Um, it's just perfect storm, right? So, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, yeah, it's wild. Hey, Chris, I did need to give you a shout out because I, I totally didn't even realize this until like now. So we had updated our signatures as a company and I had a the thing, a hyperlink. And I, we've added it, and it basically says, you know, get informed with like, uh, you know, what's going on with the supply chain management. And I actually have it linked to your June 4th article. <laughs> oh, all right. Thank you. Yeah, that's so awesome. I was like, you're the writer. You're the guy that I've been <laughs> telling him to go read. <laughs> oh, thank Thank yeah. you.
0: Thank yeah, you know, Manny, man. Manny said that he's actually talking to his clients now about calendars because they always wait until you know just almost the holidays to place their orders for calendars and he's trying to get in, get ahead of that and get them to get in early. Mm. Uh, it's actually a really good point. Uh, you know, I wonder if holiday cards are the same way. I know we had uh, Mary Ellen on last December. Yeah. I wonder if she's like seeing a huge surge in holiday cards already.
1: <laughs> Christmas in July, I
3: tell you, yeah, you gotta yeah. get yeah. it now, Maybe I'll, <laughs> except I'll
0: literally, started. you know, yeah, literally, yeah. So, yeah. Chris,
2: question for you. Um, I was, um, I've been in Women's Leadership Conference all week and I know we had someone on, I might even, actually was Bob McLean and he was talking about industry numbers year over year, 2019 versus 2020. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to see if I wrote my notes correctly, but uh, as an industry last year, we were down 19%. Yep. And
3: that,
2: is that where you guys were, were thinking?
3: For, for, yeah, we, so for for 2020, our, our research at ASI showed that the industry was down almost 20%. It was like t- 19.8 to be. To yeah, be exact. so we, we were like at around twenty point seven seven billion. Yeah.
2: Well, do you think, I mean, right now, like I know it's been with all these surges, you know, I f- we feel like we should be up, but when we're looking at numbers, we're still kind of flat. Would you think that is due to the inventory issues and all the supply chain issues that we're dealing with? I mean, from that point, um, what- I see it as, but I'm you. I'm in my little bubble too, you know.
3: Yeah. No. I no. If you were to pin me down, I would say no. It's not the sole reason. I I, I think it. I think it's a contributing factor that's that's hurting. But um, at least in talking to to most distributors I've talked with, say that that clients that it's causing friction. Clients are getting annoyed. Um, and in some cases, yes, it's definitely. it has cost orders, but those distributors are also saying as long as they can pr- provide like some kind of viable alternative to those right. tri- first choice pro- products, they're they're still getting sales. And it's because the client is coming to them wanting they, whatever it is they want that promotional product for. they still have that need and they want to use a promotional product to, to meet that need. That's why they were working with the distributor in the first place. So I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's like the reason, but I do think, is it costing people sales and in some cases business and are They going? yes, it, it is.
0: Yeah I, yeah. I think, I think the problem is, you know, over the last 15 months, a, a lot of businesses have been hurting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when you, your budget goes out the window, you don't have the money to spend like you did before. And now mm-hmm. of course we've got all right. this demand and the increase mm-hmm. in pricing and everything else. So now you've got hurting businesses and it, it, crazy, you know, inflation going on, you know, how are you going to, you know, how are you going to do that? You know, and I,
1: I would echo um, one thing to consider as well. Q1 of last year was actually a really good quarter for the industry. If I'm not mistaken, Chris Um, it was Q2, three and four, the two specifically that had the biggest drop. So if you're comparing year over date increases, Q1 of this year still is probably in, Correct me if I'm wrong, still is probably way lower than Q1 of last year. So the you know, if you measure Q2 to Q2, that's really where the most pain of the industry, I think, was felt between 20 and 21. Is that is that pretty accurate, Chris?
3: Yeah, yes. I um I would say that um Q the first 10 weeks of Q1 2020 were were awesome. Quite were, yeah. were awesome. Like, like by yeah. every account, everybody was like, we're crushing it. This is going to, we're coming into a presidential year, a presidential election year. That's going to, you know, Stokes, it was just a lot was going well. And then the last two weeks or two and a half weeks really of March were so drastically awful that it was enough to actually take Q1 as a whole for last year and reduce it relative to um, to, to 2019. So I think we were down over wow. last, year, last year by about like 5%. Now this year, because those first 10 weeks of q1 were so good in 2020 we were down again as an industry so boo right. but um i i'll go out on a limb and i will say that we are going to be up as an industry yeah. for sure in in, in 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 q2 this year relative to 2020 i do not think we're going to be at 2019 levels unfortunately um, um, but could we maybe be at a 17 or 18 level possibly given from some of what we're hearing anecdotally and that's still billions and billions and billions of dollars. So,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So given that we were, you know, down 19.8% or whatever last year, what, you know, just with some foreshadowing, since you're going there, what would you consider or think that we'd be at after this year?
3: Oh man. Um, (laughs) I, I wish I had, I wish I could give you like a super informed opinion. I, I, I will say that I, I think one of the big variables will be, and I know I'm giving you like a politician's answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, I, like I, I think one of the big variables will be that we, P- PPE was obviously so huge for us as an industry last year. It's not going to be this year. Right. Um, it, it's it's already not. So the question comes down to, is there going to be enough demand for traditional promotional products to make up that ground in Q2? Absolutely, because it was, Q2 was just so bad last last year, and we hadn't pivoted to uh, to um, PPE yet. But in Q3, and then at least in the first part of Q4, there was there was solid PPE sales. So, what what we we're seeing, I would say, we're seeing enough encouraging signs in the marketplace to suggest that at the very least, we should we should be around par with what we were in in in, in 2020. But a, a a lot of that is contingent on you know does, does reopening you know stay where it is and, society, and and events keep coming back the way that they seem to be now and um, do clients ha- have the marketing budget to, to spend the way they, they once did? So I, if you had a bottom line, I would say that I think that we're going to be around par and, and hopefully hopefully up from, from 2020. but the big variable is can we make it up on, 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 on make up the PPE sales that we won't have this year? In numbers
1: and numbers, I mean, if you lose, you know, twenty percent, um, I think that's like you have to increase about thirty-seven percent just to even get back to where you were. Think about that, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's you know, it's not just you make back your twenty, you're back to whole. You know, twenty of twenty-one billion instead of twenty of twenty-seven billion, it's a much different number. <laughs> so so.
3: Uh, yes, it's, it's 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 huge. Yeah, it's and when you think about in those terms that that's it's it's it seems kind of daunting. I. I do think that there's a potential for another like a super strong fourth quarter and like a super and like a and like a, a, like a really nice third quarter. Just looking at things, it's my own social life, right? Like you guys are seeing it, it you, concerts are coming back. You know, you could go, you could mm-hmm. you could go see a ball game again. Stuff stuff like that like matters. It it has it has a rip like it has a symbolic effect. People are like, okay, we can go do things again. And that leads to more events. It leads to the restaurants and bars doing better. They want to then spend on promo, et cetera. So, um, I, like, I see more of that continuing to happen. It is an open question, though, if we're gonna if we're gonna get there in, in terms of your, your increase. I agree Steve.
0: I think it depends on how well the distributors are able to get their the end users to actually start purchasing ahead of time as well, because the inventory is obviously going to be able to play into those numbers. You know, yeah, if yeah. the inventory's oh, not sure. there for the sales, you can't the sales won't increase. You know, so. I'm um, to
2: here first, guys. Order early and order quick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're not trying to salesperson you. It's just, and just Chris I, said so. I,
0: One other thing that I wanted to mention, too, since we're talking about containers and taking so much longer and everything else, I know it's a, a hot topic for a lot of distributors with uh, suppliers showing new product. Uh, at the shows in January well since we're going to be back at in-person shows in January uh, you know I'm sure there's going to be new product that gets launched how do you think this is going to affect people's timelines suppliers timelines to be able to get new product in will they foreshadow enough to actually start getting that stuff in the pipeline now or will it take some time and you won't see actual new product in inventory until April May June of next year
3: you're asking me (laughs) you're Uh, You're the, you're Uh, the
0: expert here (laughs)
3: <laughs> no, right, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, here's what I would say. I would say that that there's um, in some of the what 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 I would call supposedly the, the good suppliers who are really out ahead of this and who know what's going on. They are planning head, ahead for this, and they are they are um, they are planning for you know their twenty twenty two spring collections or, or whatever, however you'd like to refer to it now, and they're trying to get they're trying to get them in early. So for the ones who are Super aware of the shipping situation and are being proactive about confronting it. I do think that they're going to have new new things to show. Maybe it won't be the breadth the breadth of products that they that that, that they would normally show, but I do think there's going to definitely be new stuff to show. But if you're someone who's dragging your feet, if you're someone who's afraid about you know committing to to to, to inventory ahead of time because you don't want too much cash tied up, if you're afraid about spending on you know pr- product development, then you might not have a lot new to offer in January, because if you're waiting till, uh, you know, like the middle of autumn to, to, to try to get stuff stateside.
0: Awesome. Very good points. Do you guys have any other questions for Chris about the, the topic for today?
2: I mean, we could talk for hours. I feel like yeah. there, there is so much. And, um, you know, guys, Chris, he's a great resource. Um, I, I follow him on Twitter. I highly recommend everyone does. He puts out articles, videos, they're very easy to follow and read. And He's a great wealth of information. So highly recommend following him.
3: Um, What's your handle on Twitter, Chris? It's um, at Chris R underscore A-S-I. All right,
0: great. You do a newsletter too as well, right? How can people sign up and, and get involved in that?
3: Yeah, sure. If um if you go to asicentral.com backslash news, there's um a place on there to sign up for our new we put out a daily newsletter, the um the daily update. It has whatever we file multiple articles, videos, podcasts, et cetera, uh, daily. And then um uh, promogram is kind of our flagship newsletter. It's a little bit more comprehensive. That comes out on Tuesday and Thursday, and you, you know you get all those in your inbox. And then we have um a newsletter on Saturday, week in review that kind of wraps things up uh, for the week.
1: And Chris, if I'm not mistaken, the state of the industry kind of Q1 report should be coming the next few weeks or so. Is that is that about right?
3: Yeah. So this so the state of the industry is is it's even bigger than Q one. It's it's everything. It'll okay. basically it'll basically sum up everything that happened in in, uh, in in 2020 and what's happened so far in 2021 and and, and where we're going. That'll be um in, in early July. And it's, um, cool. you, you know, you'll have like the top 40, the top 40 suppliers, top 40 distributors. People are usually interested in that. So all that stuff's coming in the next few weeks. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Thanks Very for the plug, guys. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, well, uh, with no other questions, why don't we launch into Rapid Fire? I'll do it. All right. Anybody want to go first? If not, I'll go.
2: Go ahead, Jeff.
0: All right. So, uh, Chris, you mentioned baseball games are coming back and things like that. You can go to concerts. So what's the first thing that you're going to do that's like, large in-person event are you going to go to a ball game or a sporting event a concert like what's what's your uh, an amusement park yeah
3: i think I, I think we're gonna i think we're going to a, a phillies game pretty soon so all
0: yeah. right meg what about you
2: oh man like
0: going to massachusetts right. so, doesn't. Count.
2: <laughs> if you had to choose between inventory no you gotta answer the question <laughs> you know you i can't
0: answer my question
2: what's your question oh oh <laughs> forgot sorry
0: am i i you guys can hear me, right?
2: I can, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um I would say new. I don't know. All right, Steven. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to vacation next week, so I think that's gonna be the first thing I do.
0: <laughs> so Steven says Disney. May yeah, that'll, that'll
1: be, I will be in
0: uh, Disney Sunday. That's right. Nice. Yeah, you will you will miss the podcast next week.
1: But do not miss it, everyone else, because it's very special. And I am super excited
0: it. Yeah, it. Me- Meg and I have a, a little something special planned for you guys. We've got two guests coming on next week. So, all right. Um, Stephen. why don't we go to you next? What's your question?
1: Oh, what was your thing, though, Jeff?
0: Oh, um, probably, you know, just looking at looking at the timeline of things, there'd it, probably be a hockey game or an amusement park. One or the other. Hershey cool. Park or, or Caps game.
1: All right, my rapid fire: burger or chicken sandwich?
3: Oh, burger, yeah, burger. But if but burger but burger or fried chicken, that's like more of a more of a debate, you know.
1: I'll I let like, you choose if it's
3: grilled or fried. <laughs> if it's fried, I might go fried chicken there. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, if I'm making it, I'd say burger. If I'm getting it at a fast food joint or something, I got to go with a Chick Fil A chicken sandwich.
3: Yeah, it's high quality stuff.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: And you,
2: Meg? I have to go with a burger. I think I like a good burger with some bacon, some A1, some avocado. I'm all about that life. <laughs>
0: you know, I'm really looking forward to Vegas just for the burgers. They've got some really good burgers out I there, know, man. No,
2: the food. Um. All right, my rapid fire question. I was going to go with the chicken sandwich. Like, where? Like, who has? You know what? Let's do that. Who do you think has the best chicken sandwich, fast food wise? Because it's a debate,
3: worldwide debate. Oh I, I I would go chick I would go Chick-fil-A there if we're talking about like you know quote, fast food. Yeah. Who else
0: is even in the conversation?
3: Yeah, I
2: don't even do Popeyes, Popeyes, City, McDonald's. Chris, were you,
3: you able to uh, think of a rapid fire? Oh, um, Mount Mountains or beach. What's your what's your preferred? <sighs>
0: I think it depends, man, on the time of the year or where the location is. Like if mountains. it's if it's Caribbean. <laughs> You know if it's a caribbean beach I, i'm never
2: easy with jeff
0: i'm going <laughs> rapid
1: to... fire Rapid <laughs>
0: fire. <laughs> uh, yeah probably beach. beach
2: okay yeah i'm normally beach all the time every year we go to the keys i love it but this year we're doing something a little bit different we are going to maine there's like waterfalls a lot of hiking we're going to national parks no beaches that we're doing so that's my answer i'm yeah. down the middle
0: where where exactly in maine are you going meg
2: we're going Moosehead Lake first, and then we're going to go to Bar Harbor. Bar Harbor. Bar Harbor.
0: Where location-wise? Because I don't really know Maine that well. Is that like... Yeah,
2: Moosehead Lake is like central north. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know. I've never been there, so I don't know. Right. I saw an Island Hunters once, and I'm like, I, I gotta go.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, because if you're, if you're not too far from Mount Washington, you should definitely go there and do the auto road. It's freaking incredible. Okay. We'll do it. Yeah. Really cool. <laughs> All right. What about you, Chris?
3: Um, I know it's rapid fire, but I love I love being in the water at at the ocean. I don't always like the the super crowded beach scene. So I think I I hedge toward hedge toward mountain.
0: Yeah. I mean, why not just have both, you know, like, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: why do we have to pick? (laughs) Because it's rapid fire. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't pick my
0: my my rapid fire answer. Both (laughs) good. All right. Fair enough. Well, look, this uh, sort of platinum level broadcast was brought to you today by TechWeld. Weld. Uh, look, USA made in a world filled with worry regarding overseas products. They offer many USA made products to help separate themselves from the promotional product pack. Um, you know, hand sanitizer, you know, due to the coronavirus outbreak is still something that's trending worldwide. And the CDC recommends sanitizing and washing your hands to help prevent the spread of the disease. Uh, and they've got many sanitizer skews to help uh, to help combat the spread of the virus. Uh, you know, another thing that they really do well over there is they, you know, come, come kit around with us. You know, they've got this, uh, this big kit initiative, which has been huge over the last 15 months. Um, you know, so they've got eight different stock packaging uh, ideas for their kits. They've got an EVA bag, a PVC tent pouch, PVC tube, the organza bag, pillow pouch. They've got a BTL 202, which is a 30 ounce tumbler. And then of course the retro lunch boxes as well. So not many players in the industry are focusing too heavily on kits, which really allows them to hone in on the market and, uh, and with these products and really expand upon their already vast kit line. So go check them out at techwell.com for more information. That's T-E-K-W-E-L-D. You won't be sorry that you did. Chris, uh, really appreciate you coming on. Sorry for the, uh, the technical glitch there. My internet uh, just spazzed out. I don't know
3: hey when thank, you, thank you for having me like realities of working from home no worries
0: <laughs> well i mean technically realities of just being online that can that, that crap can happen at work too <laughs> yes <laughs> so all right guys we'll really appreciate you being on with us and uh, again special edition next week uh with meg and i and two special guests uh so we'll see you then take care guys Bye. thank you